What's up, everybody? This is the DK Sports Podcast. I'm your host, DK. And on this week's episode, we'll be covering the following topics. A quick recap of the Steelers-Eagles matchup this past Sunday. The Eagles go down uh, 38-29. to And then I have uh, Calvin Wooden, uh, writer for the Maryland Sports Blog, joining me. And we discuss the preview of the Eagles versus Ravens at the link this Sunday. Um, We talk about the offensive side of the football, the defensive side. Do the Eagles have a chance of winning? Uh, And we give our game predictions. And then at the end, we also have our uh, picks of the week to, um, you know, throw some money on some games. Um, I'll give three picks and uh, Calvin being our guest, he'll uh, give five games that he likes and the reasons why. So stay tuned for that. But real quick, uh, first, want to talk about what we saw on Sunday. Um, as I mentioned, it was a tough loss, 38-29. to 29. Uh, The Eagles were in it until pretty much the very end when uh, Chase Claypool uh, pretty much went uh, streaking down the middle of the field for his fourth touchdown of the day. Um, you know, credit to the offense, credit to Doug Peterson. Uh, I thought he called a pretty good game, but uh, Jim Schwartz and the defense, another big letdown. Uh, they gave up the most points um, under Jim Schwartz since the Minnesota game of last year. So um, definitely need some work on the defensive end. Still not sure why Nathan Gary is a starting linebacker in the NFL. Um, he had a rough game once again. Uh, week one, he had an okay game, but besides that, it's been brutal. Uh, I thought Duke Riley actually played all right. Um, we didn't we didn't get off the field on third down. Um, it really was 11 out of 15 on third down conversions for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Big Ben was absolutely on fire, um, changing the play at the line, telling Claypool, pointing to him to go to the, the middle of the field. You can see it on the film. Um, anyway, we're over it somewhat. Um, we're on to Baltimore. It's going to be a tough matchup. You're going to have to uh, get into Lamar Jackson's face and disrupt the timing with his wide receivers. Uh, but, you know, let me know your thoughts of the Pittsburgh Steelers matchup. Who actually played well? I thought Travis Fulgham, um, you know, he had 10 catches, 152 yards and a touchdown. Greg Ward with another touchdown. Carson Wentz made some great throws. Um, you know, he seemed more accurate. Um, as of late, and uh, even though he had two interceptions, um, the one Zach Ertz got bumped off his route. Um, you know that there's blame on Carson, there's blame on Zach. It is what it is. The second one was pretty much a hail mary. Uh, it's fourth and twenty anyway, and the game was pretty much out of hand at that point. Um, overall, um, we need to get healthy, and uh, we need to make the necessary adjustments uh, for this Ravens game. So. Um, really going into the Ravens matchup this week, as I mentioned, uh, we have Calvin Wooden joining us and, uh, it's a pretty, pretty good conversation. Uh, we start with some Sixers talk, uh, the hire of Doc Rivers, and then, um, we go through the matchups and, uh, really just a great breakdown of the, uh, matchup on Sunday and, uh, give game predictions at the end. And then the three bets, uh, for this week as well. So, I hope you guys enjoy, and uh, if you like the podcast, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter at DK Sports Podcast. Tell your friends, uh, like, comment, subscribe, leave a review, ratings, and um, last but not least, go Birds.
nonetheless, um, <laughs> talking about the Sixers real quick. Uh, yeah, no, I, it, it'll be interesting to see what they do with the roster construction and how Doc Rivers uses Ben Simmons and Embiid. You know, and he's got he's got two choices. He can try to make what Brett Brown left him work, or you know, their draft capital isn't great since they nope. traded for Jimmy Butler, who they let walk, um, and then they obviously gave Tobias all that money and yep. Al Horford. It's like you you either go with what you got or you tear it all down and try again. And as Sixers fans, uh, we can't trust the process anymore. That uh, yeah, that was listen. that was five very long years, and <laughs> I'm, I don't think I'm emotionally in the mindset to do that all over again. Yeah, and um, yeah, I'm not for tearing it all down. And, and I think the peak of the process was that lineup of uh, Ben Simmons, J.J. Reddick, Jimmy Butler, Tobias, and Embiid. I, I think that's the best we'll ever get to, a, you know, having a legit starting five and having a chance to, you know, make it to the finals if Kawhi doesn't hit that shot. But anyway. Oh, I'm, man. I'm, I'm clearly over the uh, Kawhi shot. No, just kidding. But <laughs> I, we will never be over that. Right, right. So, um, so I definitely appreciate you hopping on uh, for the podcast. And I saw that you're now a writer for the Maryland Sports Blog. Is that correct? Yeah, I've been uh, I've been writing for them on and off for a few years. I started off writing for the um, for them about the Redskins because they had too many Ravens writers at the time, and Uh, I got some got some good experience writing. But you know, it's it's different when you're writing for a team that you don't really follow as closely as I follow the Ravens. And then they had me start doing Ravens articles and they loved it. And just because of work and the pandemic and all that, it's just, it's been harder to get the time to sit down and, and write that. So, I mean, that's why this is just easier, you know, and plus it's, it's Ravens Eagles. This is like Christmas that only happens every four years. I'm so excited. I'm so amped. I know. And, and I, I was actually, um, so when the season came out back in, I think it was April or May, I had really two away games that I had circled. One was the uh, 49ers game. I was, I was going to take a trip with a couple of my college buddies to uh, go um, watch the Eagles win, obviously. And then uh, the Ravens game was going to be a, a solid home game. And then I, I was planning on going to the Cowboys game later in the year down in Dallas. So, um but unfortunately with this whole pandemic um now tickets are like 500 bucks i i saw so i'm like i'll watch the uh, eagles lose by 10 on my couch <laughs> yeah and honestly nice little nugget this is the first time the ravens are playing in front of a crowd this season so that's a factor right there that you know we don't know anything about we're used to to playing with you know however many people every game all the crowd noise like you know, the fake crowd noise, we don't know how that's going to affect it. And right. you know how Philly, you know how Philly fans are. It's, it's going to be their first, uh, first home game with fans. So, you know, they're going to come out amped. Yeah. You know, they're going to, they're going to be loud despite, you know, only seven, 70, what, 7,500 people. Um, yeah, it was like, but, uh, yeah, it was seven, I think it was like at most 8,500, but with the fans and like the player personnel and all that stuff, it's like 7,000 fans, which is right. Which isn't a lot, but but I mean, you know, they'll probably have social distance in like the first, uh, like the lower lower bowl, um, and the Philly fans get loud. I, I mean, oh yeah, if there's anybody absolutely. that's gonna make an impact as a fan, it's gonna be the Eagles fans. You know, yeah. I've I've been around them my whole life. You know, right, right, exactly, exactly. So, um, 
let's let's dive into this um, because well, looking on paper, um, I I just think the Ravens are a better team, and and it it kills me to say that, but you guys have a probably one of the best, if not the best, defense in the league. Um, I mean, Humphrey's been an absolute stud. Patrick Queen, as a rookie, is insanely talented going from sideline to sideline. I mean, the only factor that I give a slight edge to the Eagles, and um, you can correct me if I'm wrong, is the defensive line. I think our defensive line's pretty... uh, We have great depth there, and um, we're able to get to the quarterback with a four-man rush. Yeah, and... It's it's been one of their their biggest strengths, you know, for how many years? Um, yeah, the, it's not a fact of the Ravens' defensive line isn't good. That's just how good the Eagles' defensive line is. Is that they generate so much pressure, and um, I think it was they have 107 quarterback pressures on the season compared to 108 by the Ravens, and it's like they do that with four men. The Ravens are throwing, you know, they're throwing their defensive backs. Um, last game they had five sacks by defensive backs against the Bengals, which is the first time in NFL history. The most was um, four by a team in the playoffs, like in 2004. Um, Yeah. And just like you were saying with Marlon Humphrey, uh, his stats on the year, he's got three forced fumbles. You know, they call him fruit punch for a reason. He just, he has a nose for that ball. He'll, he'll, you know, if you, if you're slacking on, on carrying the ball for one second, he'll punch it out of your arms. He's got he's got a, a sack and a half and three qu- uh, quarterback hits on the season as a defensive back. You know that's yeah that's, obviously that's pretty, uh, pretty money insane. money well spent by the Ravens. You know, and on top of that, he's uh he's he's uh, had the lowest yards per target, five yards per target that that's thrown at him. That, and yeah, that that's insane. And 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 the most amazing part about it is the the depth of target average is only eight yards. So when they're, they're throwing at him. And it's it's short passes. So, you know, it's as a DB, it's easier to cover a pass when you have more time to cover the wide receiver. But you have to you have to react a lot quicker. Um, You got to be able to hit the wide receiver when they're doing the short routes. Right. Yeah. 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 And and uh, I've watched a couple Ravens games this year um, against the Washington football team. And then last week against the Bengals, that that defense really just took over that whole game. Patrick Queen, he's he's been an absolute stud. Um, I, I think he has a couple forced fumbles on the on the year. And during the draft, that that was the one play. Like now, the Eagles never draft a first round linebacker like ever. Um, Patrick Queen was the one guy I, I liked from LSU. He was just an absolute game changer, and he's clearly showing that. I lost you there. Up. Oh. Do I still have you? Yep. You there? Um, but yeah, like just to add on to what you're saying, um, I know that the reason why he dropped in the draft, and I think he, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, he was the second linebacker taken. Um, Kenneth Murray was taken yep. before him. Um, yep. The reason why is he got benched in college for some reason, which I didn't really look into. Um, and he only ended up playing, I want to say, like 10 games during his last year at LSU in that championship run. And I think the fact that he was a little inexperienced uh, main team's kind of scared of him, um, but the way I look at it is, you know, he doesn't have that much mileage on him. I mean, he got drafted when he was 21 years old. Um, he's in his fifth game of his career, and he's already won a defensive player of the week, which 
fun fact, he is the first Raven to do that since Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis, yeah. That's that's pretty insane. That's a good company um, to be in right there. Absolutely. And and then you guys traded for um well, yeah, so I was taking a look at the Ravens, uh, their stats from a defensive perspective and um really Baltimore's so just going back to the sacks and getting to the quarterback, Baltimore with bringing guys on the blitz, uh, their sack rate is 8.8% compared to Philly, which is 8.4%. The Eagles have more sacks, um, but the Ravens, they they remind me a lot like the Pittsburgh Steelers. Those two defenses, um, you know, I, I would compare them one and two. Uh, just from a blitz perspective, they the, the Ravens blitz 49% of the time, which is insane. Yeah, and then like like I was just telling you with with Marlon Humphrey, it's not only him, but they're blitzing defensive backs yes. at a rate that you know no one's ever seen before. And and uh, I read something that said uh, Wink Martindale was talking about it, and he said that this week he wants to bait Carson into interceptions. So it's not only just pressuring him, but pressuring him from spots that he doesn't see coming. You know, like maybe yeah. they're gonna they're gonna seem like they're having their cornerbacks normally in coverage you know they play man defense but you know they might creep up towards the line and then all of a sudden you see one of their defensive linemen start dropping back into pass coverage and you know if I'm Carson Wentz and I see six foot eight Calais Campbell start dropping back into pass coverage I'm not going to know what's going on you know and then all of a sudden yeah that's a a cornerback that runs like a four five speed coming right at you life can hit you quick when that happens well and and just to kind of so so I know the Ravens love the there was a, a point in the game, the Steelers-Eagles game this past weekend, where Doug Peterson had max protection. He had seven guys blocking, and the, and the Steelers only ran a three-man rush and still got to Carson Wentz. And that, that's, I don't know, there was a, it's just been brutal with, the, with our uh, guys at our offensive line. And the young guys at wide receiver, they, they weren't able to get open, and Carson ended up not throwing it away and getting a sack but nonetheless I I mean I I think the Steelers laid out a pretty good game plan um against the Eagles when where it comes to you know blitzing Carson and you know having everybody stand up on the line of scrimmage where you know you don't know who's coming who's bailing into coverage um try to confuse Carson and 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 to build on that you know he's already dealing with uncertainty when it comes to not being quite on the same page with with his wide receivers and you know yep. Fulgham has been a has been a great bright spot in their offense and uh just from a neutral perspective you see that Alshon and Deshaun they're both you know it looks like they're on track to play um yeah barring anything any setbacks or anything like that but you you have to sit down as an Eagles fan and probably think do we want to disrupt the chemistry Greg Ward you know, you saw last year he he came on late, and everyone was like, "Where has he been this whole year?" And right. now Fulgham been... comes in comes into the fold, and it's the same thing. It's like, why are you and... hiding these players and not giving them a chance? I mean, if if you paid, you know, you play, you paid Deshaun, you paid Alshon, you're allowed to regret it. You know, people Absolutely. you're going to hear about it, but that doesn't mean that you need to play them just because you paid them. Right, right, and and that was that was going to be my next point is you know money does talk, but. We don't know how healthy Alshon is. I, I mean, I, I get it. He's practicing. And Deshaun Jackson, his hamstrings are, you know, rubber bands at this point. You know, he's, he just, you know, runs around and then he's the game. So, 
and 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 as the Eagles, yeah, do you, do you really expect him to be as fast as he was? You know, that was his thing. It's not he's never been a great route runner. I mean, he's a good one. Don't get me wrong, but you know, he's that's never been he's his you know niche exactly. And when you when you take the Jets away from the burner, are you going to get the same result? And Alshon, you know, he's never been the fastest, but he could. No, a, he was physical with people and. Is he going to say have that same physicality? We don't even know if he wants to even be there. You know, it's been so long. Right, and and there were there were the rumors last year with you being the anonymous source saying that Carson's not a good leader. Nobody actually knows if that's true. Um, but my only thing, so just from a fan perspective, um, so the first, I'd say the first, the first two games, it was the most basic vanilla offense that. I think Doug Peterson has ever run. You know, there was no pre-snap motion. There was no jet sweeps. There was nothing like that. It was just like, it was just so basic. And, you know, I, me sitting there watching the game, there there wasn't a time where I got super excited about like a big play that happened on, on offense. They, yeah. they were missing the big play. And then you, you get injuries to Jalen Rager, uh, their first round pick, uh, Deshaun Jackson, and, and a couple other guys get nicked up and then against the Bengals and then against the 49ers and even against Pittsburgh you saw a more creative play calling from Doug Peterson my question is why why does it take for all of those injuries to happen and injuries on the O-line to realize hey Carson Wentz is most dangerous when he's on the run out using his legs whether it's by design or um, just you know, ex- extending a play, and I don't know. It's it's mind boggling as an Eagles fan, and it's frustrating to say the least. Well, even just going back to, I was looking up like you know, the last time that the Ravens and Eagles played, it was four years ago. Um, and if you remember, the the Ravens were up, and and Carson brought them down the field and, and yep. scored. And they had the choice of either going for the extra point. I want to say it was 2016 um, when this game was played, and yeah, um, they, they instead of going for the extra point, you know, Doug decided that he was going to go for two and he wanted to win the game there. And unfortunately for them, you know, he didn't make it, but that was the same, you know, type of play calling that ended up eventually winning them the Super Bowl. As we all know, the Philly special, that's, you know, right. That was a crazy play that no one thought was ever going to happen. But it seems like, well, you know, as the years went on and, and Carson, you know, he hasn't been the most durable, but I mean, uh, us as football fans, not even surface fans, but we look deeper into the game. It's like, you see that Carson isn't out for, a long period of time most of the time and I feel like they just kind of tried to put him in a glass box and said hey well, you're really good at this so do that except yeah we're not going to have you run around while you throw you know and that's you're right uh, Carson he when he's out running out of the pocket making throws on the run um I forget I think it was Corey Clement he hit in the back of the end zone last year where he was you know he threaded the needle um yeah and it's just uh, like uh, yeah yeah it was um no, I think it was Miles Sanders. Where yeah, he yeah. Was on the run, and uh, he he zipped it right past two uh, Redskins defenders. That was the team at the time. Um, in the back of the end zone, it was a perfect pass, and it was insane to do that on the run. You know? And you also, you know, you have to think too, like the injuries that Carson has had with Jadavion Clowney hitting him and him diving into the end zone. He he himself might also be a little hesitant to put his body out there, but I right. mean. If you're going to have a short career, you might as well win while you're doing it. You know, they didn't exactly. He, he, he yeah. got his money. And I would never think that Carson would be that player that, you know, say, oh, I got paid 
I don't really have to try anymore. You know, he's he's a gamer. He's a baller. He he wants to win. And I feel like him and him and Doug both have kind of lost their their identity in a way when it comes to yeah. doing what they do best. Um, they need to run the ball with Miles Sanders, get him going, and you know let let Carson do Carson things. Absolutely, yeah. No, and and I and we were kind of t- going back and forth and talking about it that. Uh, this game on Sunday is going to be one in the trenches. Um, the Eagles make shift O-line against the Ravens uh, defense and the blitz coming. And e- even their front seven's pretty uh, pretty nasty. So, um, you know, if, if I'm Doug Peterson, you got to run the ball with Miles Sanders at least 20 times. At least. Yeah. And um, I, got a, I got a couple of stats for you here. So, go ahead. Um, their, their defense is allowing 3.7 yards of carry. Um, but so far this year, we haven't really faced anybody that has been explosive, you know, the catching ability that Miles Sanders has. Um, and our our linebackers, they've been great. But mm-hmm. like I was telling you, our the, the disguise that Wink Martindale does, you know, that's been generating a lot of pass rush. And our defensive line on the surface hasn't been the best. You know, um, obviously, like, Clayus Campbell's 36 years old, I want to say. Um, yeah. And he's still playing at a high level, but, you know, you can only expect so much. Um, and I think the Eagles, you know, their offensive line for how injured they've been, have been doing a great job. Jordan, Jordan Mailata, you know, he he's, has he's he's been, been a great surprise. He's been what they wanted Andre Dillard to be. You know, that's what they expected Dillard to be. And here comes Jordan Mailata, who never played football before he got drafted. And their his his protection numbers are that of Jason Peters in his best season. So, you know, right. you just, yeah. we both, we both know as football fans, you never know about uh, what they got hiding behind the scenes in the practice squad and things like that. And obviously and, with and Travis Jordan, Fulgham, you know, right. same thing. Yeah. And Travis Fulgham was a walk-on at Old Dominion. Um, and Jordan Mailata was a rugby player, you know, he's 6'8", 340, which is insane. And, and there was a play uh, in last week's game where he's he's pulling on the goal line and TJ Watts coming by and he folded TJ Watt like a pretzel. It was insane. It was unbelievable. And uh, I don't know. It's it's looked promising. Um, he he played very well against the 49ers and then he gave up a sack late against the Steelers. But he's going up against Bud Dupree, who's one of the best edge rushers out there. Um, overall, you you didn't hear his name called a lot, which is typically a good sign um, for uh, an offensive lineman. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's um, let's kind of uh, move this conversation to the Ravens offense. So I know, and, and just listening to NFL Network and ESPN, and they're saying that, you know, Lamar hasn't really had that, you know, super breakout game. Um, but, I, I mean, he his team's they're still crushing it. I, I mean, you guys are four and one and you lost to the Super Bowl champs. Um, so talk to me about Lamar's overall play so far. Yeah. So, I mean, just from looking at him, um, it seems like he's not having as good of a year because last year he honestly had one of the best seasons by a quarterback in the history of the NFL. You know, he had 1200 yards rushing on 70, uh, 176 attempts. So, you know, he's averaging eight yards a rush. He has seven touchdowns running. Um, Last year, he had a 66% completion percentage and a 7.8 average with 36 touchdowns and six interceptions. This year, he has 63.7 completion percentage, 
Um, keep in mind, we did lose our third tight end, which on the surface might yeah. not seem a big loss, but Hayden Hurst was a big part of our rotation. Um, but he still has 949 yards, nine touchdowns, two interceptions with 7.0 yards per uh, per pass. So I, if you do the math, he's on pace for 3,700 yards, 36 touchdowns, and, uh, and eight interceptions, which is almost spot on passing numbers wise. Um, he had a he had 113 quarterback rating last year, and he has 100.5 quarterback rating this year. And that's with the offense not playing at its full potential. Um, I think right. a big thing, yeah. big key for them, if the Ravens are going to win this game, it's going to be running the ball. Um, you're going to have to wear down the Eagles' D line, um, and we have the we have the means to do it. You know, we got we got Mark Ingram and uh, Gus Edwards, who are our power backs, um, and then you have a finesse run game with J.K. Dobbins and and Lamar. And J.K. Dobbins, you know, he he's been you can see the breakout about to happen, but they just don't give him the opportunities as much as a Ravens fan. It's the most frustrating thing we're dealing with right now because our offense isn't the best. Um, And you have this weapon that you're kind of just keeping from unleashing for for whatever reason. Um, He had one rush for 34 yards last week. Um, He's been averaging. The running backs um, are averaging eight yards a catch, um, and you know to go along with Devin Duvernay and 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 Hollywood Brown, they got a lot of speed on that offense. And yeah, we all know that it's, it how scares the, how, the shit out of me to be honest with you. Yeah, and and you we know how the Eagles' defensive backs have been. It's it's been it's been a mess, but hasn't been great. And it's I not think been great. you know um, they they have a plus five turnover ratio and nine forced fumbles this year in five games. You know so. I think that we're going to do this the old-fashioned way, going back to the Joe Flacco Ravens days. We're going to run the ball, tire down the uh, the defense, and then just make it complete the game on the other side of the ball, maybe force a turnover. Um, Welcome back. I don't even know where I was. I started. I started getting on a rant there. No, no, it's it's all good. Um, you're talking about the good old days with uh, Joe Flacco. Oh yeah. So um, it we we're kind of shifting towards that old oh. uh, old style of Ravens ball, where you know defense wins us the game, offense manages the game, and I don't I don't think that's what our season is going to be. I don't think there's anything wrong with them. I think that, you know, they're just trying to work on Lamar's passing game. They're trying, he's trying to work on his deep passes. He's his pinpoint yeah. accuracy. And and you can see that. Um, I think it was Aaron Rodgers said it on um, the Pat McAfee show. Uh, yep. He said that coming out of college, you can see that he had the intangibles as a thrower. And he also had the athletic ability uh, that, that no other quarterback has had. Even Michael Vick himself said it. Um, and even Aaron Rodgers was surprised that, he lasted till the end of the first round because you knew it was there. And honestly, it was in front of us the whole time. As football fans, we should have seen that he was going to blow up like this. And I'm just happy that it's it's in purple and black. Yeah, yeah. And um, just in, going back to Lamar's days at Louisville and during his Heisman run, he, he would make plays with his legs, but don't get me wrong. Just a flick of the wrist. And he... Uh, he he can hit the deep ball. Yeah, and it's it, definitely it there. You, he just needs some more work. It just reminds you of the days where you know you would watch Michael Vick wind up, and you would just see that flick, and you're like, I don't understand how it goes so far. It just looks like he's he's barely moving his arm, and if he flicks it 75 yards, and 
you know, I think the downfield passing has been there. He he's yeah. hit the he's hit the deep ball. You know, he I, I don't think it's a matter of he can't do it and he needs to work on it. I think it's a matter of he hasn't had practice time with a fully healthy Hollywood Brown. You know, if Hollywood Brown is just that fast, you know, you have to get used to leading him and, you know, putting the ball in the right spots. And on top of that, you know, Mark Andrews already has five touchdowns on the year. He's he's on pace to have 15 touchdowns in his third year in the league. So and I definitely think honest come- to God, that he he might be my favorite fantasy football player. Yeah. I three of my leagues I called it I called it I said that he was going to be the number one ranked tight end this year and he was going to be better than than Kittle and Kelsey and not saying that he's a better player but just fantasy football wise yeah it's it's hard to uh it's hard to argue against that especially now that he had his breakout year you know he had 10 touchdowns last year um people know who he is he's not an unknown um entity anymore you know he he's getting covered they're bringing safeties on him they're bringing corners on him sometimes He's too fast for a linebacker. He's too big for a corner. So it's like they're in defenses are in that spot trying to figure out how do we stop this guy? And, you right. know, he he's he works best with, you know, Lamar's rolling out of the pocket, play breaks down. It's every man for himself. It's always Mark Andrews who he finds. They have a chemistry that is just going to keep building. They're going to spend their whole career together, hopefully, and, you know, bring home that Lombardi. Yeah. And um, speaking of Mark Andrews, so this Sunday – how many touchdowns is he going to have against Nathan Gary? See, I think the Eagles are, I think the Eagles have to realize, right, that how bad he is. I think they need to realize yeah, how, how I'll dangerous. You, I'll, I'll uh, give you the um, the receiving yards against Nathan Gary when he's in coverage. There's been 23 attempts, 23 catches, 206, 267 yards. <laughs> Four oh, touchdowns man. and a passer rating of one fifty four point six. I bet all the uh, it. the Eagles fans that's out there who hated linebacker. um who hated Jordan Hicks, they wish he was back now because oh, that's goodness. just yeah. You know, Listen, Jordan H- Jordan Hicks, his time when he was here, he he would get injured. Like he tore his pec one year, and I think he might have had something with his knee at one point. But listen. He made plays from sideline to sideline. Nathan Gary is the exact opposite. There, I watched a couple highlights from the, uh, I think it's the All-22 of the Steelers-Eagles game. They ran a jet sweep to um, Claypool, and Nathan Gary's staring at Ben Roethlisberger, who's on the other side of the field, while the whole defense is going where Claypool is. It's like, what are you doing at this point? You and know, that's an NFL it's, linebacker. It's just, you know, how many people are sitting there thinking... I wasn't drafted. I'm not on a team. Or how many practice squad guys look at that tape and say, "I could I be could better be than that." Better, right? I feel like right. I, as as an out of shape 25 year old, could go out there and probably do a better job than than Nate Gary can. Um, not actually, but it's just that I, uh, that middle of the field. Maybe. That's that's going to be <laughs> you know that's the one spot that the Eagles don't want to be weak at, at in a game against the Ravens. And I think that they should be smarter than to leave him as a liability when you know they have so many weapons that can come across the middle um and if i was jim schwartz um i came across a stat today which i had no idea lamar jackson ranks 32nd against the blitz passer rating wise so yeah you know i read that and i think okay he's got to be better at that and then i see eagles fans comments saying jim schwartz probably isn't going to blitz even though that's the case um, and Listen, I know he, he's he's very he's very stubborn. He loves his four man rush. He loves his loves he, it. 
he loves the wide nine. He's the only person yep. that runs it, you know, and that's it's a good and a bad thing. They they right. have the opportunity to, to drop more in coverage, but when you have someone like Nate Gary out there, you might as well send an extra blitzer because what's the difference? Right. So I I mean, just from a defensive perspective for the Eagles, they really they need to contain Lamar Jackson in the pocket, and I know how hard that is to do, but I thought the Kansas City Chiefs did a pretty good job of it. Um, but when it comes to Mark Andrews, I don't want Nathan Gary like on him at all because Mark Andrews is going to tear us up for three touchdowns. Um, we're supposed to be getting Will Parks back. He's a safety from the Broncos who can kind of play that hybrid role. We'll see if he's any better than Nathan Gary. I mean, you know, even being below average is better than Nathan Gary. Um, yeah, and, but, and to touch back on that Chiefs game, um, the way that they beat the Ravens really is the same way that they beat teams themselves. They disguise their blitz. They, you know, you Lamar thinks that he checks the the checks coverage at the line. He thinks this person's the mic. You know, he thinks this person's blitzing, and then all of a sudden, two defensive linemen are dropping back into coverage, and then there's three defensive backs blitzing, and you know that's that's the way you throw them off. Is Lamar is a very game plan oriented player. He Yes, he can scramble and make a play when it breaks down, but he's most comfortable when the game's scripted and when he, you know, is in the pocket. It may seem like on the surface that he's not a great pocket quarterback, and that's where I'll kind of disagree with you is I think that the way for them to beat the Ravens is to get in his face and yeah. hit him from spots where he's not expecting it. You know, the Ravens' offensive line isn't as good without uh, Marshall Yonda this year. On top of that, um, Ronnie Stanley's been dealing with a, an ankle sprain the entire year. He's played most of the games, um, but they uh, they have DJ Fluker who, at, at swing tackle that's been coming in and, and subbing in for a play or two here and there. Um, so I really think that they just got to they got to press up the middle, get in his face, you know, make him uncomfortable to where he can't get into timing with his receivers. Yeah, yeah, disrupt the timing. I I think we have a good chance. But really, and and I'll and I'll go back to it. I I mean, the Ravens' offense is nothing but speed, 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 and more speed. And I mean, just from a secondary perspective, where we might be getting Avante Maddox back, who's been our he was our number two, and then he got hurt. And we had Jalen Mills, who was moved to safety as our number two, and he's been burnt toast. And honestly, Darius Slay's probably gonna. If he does play, he's going through concussion protocol, but he was limited, I think, today. So I think uh, Slay will cover uh, Hollywood Brown, um, or at least do his best. And then, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what Jim Schwartz's plan is, but bring more than just the four-man rush because, um, especially with the wide nine, that leaves the linebackers uh, pretty vulnerable, and our linebackers aren't good. So, um We'll see what happens, but it's just, you know, just on paper and just looking at the matchups, it doesn't look good for the uh, Eagles. Yeah, at all. I really feel like, you know, I know I'm dating myself a little bit, but it really feels like they need to go to the plan that the Chargers beat the Ravens in the playoffs with on in, in Lamar's rookie year, where they just played six defensive backs the whole game and yeah. spied him with them. And obviously his game has evolved since then, but even in the, in the same hand, you know, that that type of defense is very effective against them because of their weapons. Um, I expect Devin Duvernay, he has made plays with limited touches. Um, same with J.K. Dobbins. Mm-hmm. I, I can't see a yep. world where they're not involved. 
Um, you don't you don't get one rush for 34 yards. You know, he's averaging J.K. Dobbins. That is is averaging, you know, almost six yards a carry. Um, and on top right. of that, Devin Duvernay, he he's getting jet sweeps for 50 yards. He's returning punts for touchdowns. It's getting to the point where as Ravens fans were sitting there saying, why are we not involving these people more? Same, you know, we paid Mark yeah. Ingram. It's the same thing like with the Eagles and, and Alshon. We paid we, we paid Mark Ingram. But, you know, if he's not producing like Gus Edwards, who's averaging almost five yards a carry in his career, which is absolutely insane. He, he averages, yeah. I think it's like six or seven yards after contact in his career. You know, why would you not get them the ball? And I think that if they can get them the ball and they have a game plan for Duvernay and and J.K. Dobbins, I think it's going to be a long day for the Eagles. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, and and just going back to the running backs real quick, um, you know, first first thing I noticed was Gus, Gus Edwards is a great in-between-the-tackles runner. He's, he's picking up chunks at a time, and then um, for the few times that I've seen J.K. Dobbins in there, it's like, you know, he's – He's very close to breaking it for a, for a pretty big run. And Mark, Mark Ingram hasn't looked as explosive as he did when he first came to the Ravens. Um, and when he was with the Saints, he, you know, it, age might be catching up to him. But, you know, you also paid him. So you, you got to see if he's, um, you know, going to actually produce. But it, if he's not, you got to turn to J.K. Dobbins and uh, Gus as well. And and uh, the, the Ravens love keeping fresh legs in there. Um I want to say, like, off the top of my head without looking it up, I maybe remember two games out of the five where someone had more than 10 yards uh, or 10 carries. And, you know, Mark Ingram had nine carries for 50-something yards and a touchdown. And, you know, he's a weird case of he wasn't used that much early on in his career. He was drafted when Reggie Bush was still a big part of that team. And then they then they had right. Mount Alvin, uh, Alvin Kamara, and he was so good that it's like, how can we not give him the ball? We feature both of them. Um, and, you know, it's just... I feel like he's doing what he usually does, just not at the same volume. And you know, yeah. If it whether it's him or or Dobbins in the backfield, you you never know whether they're going to hand it or they're going to you know get it possibly get a get a pass to the running back. Um, there's a lot of options. Yeah, definitely, definitely, and and that's that's a another thing. Um, just going back to Lamar Jackson is people love to criticize his game just from a passing perspective because he's not your typical, uh, you know, pocket passer. You know, he's, he's, he's not like a full on, like, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers, a guy who could really sling it, you know, or he hasn't. People, people think he can't. That's, that's the misconception is, you know, people look and I'm not even going to sit here and say like, it's a white and black quarterback thing, but typically throughout the NFL, you know, lifespan of the league, black quarterbacks, haven't been as successful and haven't been in a system where they can have their athletic abilities utilized to the fullest. I mean, even Michael Vick himself, how good he was, he said that if he was in a system like Lamar has where they play to his strengths, he would have been a better quarterback. And you can see the league right. is shifting more towards those guys that can that can improvise. You got Pat Mahomes who does it, Carson Wentz does it, Kyler Murray might even be as fast as Lamar Jackson, you know, when it comes to getting out of the pocket and and that kind of thing. Yeah. Even Josh Allen. Josh Allen, you know, he's he's doing what Lamar good. did. And times are just yeah, really he, changing. And and I think it's time for us to get out of that mindset of just because a quarterback can run, that doesn't mean that he can't throw. Um, right, right. I think he does have an arm. I'm not going to say it's like Aaron Rodgers, but, you know, he can sling the ball down the field. He can, you know, I think Aaron Rodgers yeah. even himself said it on the Pat McAfee show that 
he watched him in college throw the ball 75 yards in the air. And right. it's just, he's the start of this new quarterback craze that I feel like we're going to look back on 10 years and say that he was the founding father of it. Yeah, yeah. And, and like, he, he shouldn't be criticized for being able to extend plays with his legs. You know, it's just another aspect of his game that, you know, we're not used to seeing, you know, from looking back at the quarterbacks in like the early mid 2000s, like Peyton Manning, um, yet Tom Brady, you know, they're, they're, they're not running around making these crazy plays. They're pocket passers, very precise with their throws. And as you said, it, the game and the, that position alone is evolving to, hey, if if I can go pick up this first down with my legs, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm going to do it. You know, it, it gives the yeah. defense another thing to worry about. And, and we both know that this league is all about trends and whatever wins the, the, the next team, the Super Bowl, you know, within the next couple of years, someone's going to do something else that changes the game and everyone's going to try to copy. And I think right. that's what the Ravens got going on here with the running backs is they got three of them that could probably start on another team um, being the lead back. And, yeah. you know, eat all running back, all the running backs are happy too. It's not like one sitting there saying, Oh, I wish I had more touches. You know, this team is very team oriented. They all rally behind Lamar. They, they, they yeah. love the team. And I feel like that's a, a really big thing. Um, and even just the personalities within the team, you know, I can see that it's a younger generation coming up and John Harbaugh is one of the best coaches in the league and he's adjusted to how his players act and and just is for whatever they want to do as long as they keep winning and I just think that other teams are going to start doing the same rather than yeah. a, a coach coming into a team trying to throw the hammer down saying this is how we do things you know you sit there and ask your players what do you guys want to do how, what works best for you yeah. and I think the that's ability. why Lamar has been so successful is because Greg Roman took an offense and just formed it around him. He said, you're good at this. Yeah. We're going to do this, you know. Right. And, uh, and yeah, that goes back to the culture that John Harbaugh's put into that Ravens locker room and being able to adapt to his players and um, call plays that, you know, put his players in the best position to succeed. That's, that's the biggest thing. I mean, that was kind of like, and, and I'll go back to the 2017 season, um, you know, Carson Wentz was basically allowed, pretty much allowed to do whatever he wants. He, he wasn't, you know, uh, kept in the pocket. He was like, hey, you know, go make a play, read the defense, call call an audible at the line if you, if you need to. And then when Nick Foles came in, you know, he didn't have a great start coming in for Carson um, when Carson tore his ACL. But during the playoffs, Frank Reich, and Doug Peterson sat down with him and reviewed the uh, tape when Chip Kelly was here and was like, hey, we'll put more RPOs in, you know? So, so it's and, all and about that's a, adapting to the players. That's a thing for me um, that makes me think is like, why does Doug Peterson stray away from that? You know, we know obviously Frank Reich had a lot to do with that offense and the, yep. the success back then because when he left, it wasn't the same. But, you know, you go back to Doug Peterson being an offensive coordinator for the Chiefs and their their offense was was great. And that was with Alex Smith, you know, not yeah. not that he's a bad quarterback, but, you know, he didn't live up to the number one pick expectations at first, um, you know, and, and Andy Reid kind of formed Doug Peterson and Doug Peterson kind of took on Andy Reid's type of offense and 
it's very puzzling why all of a sudden Doug Peterson doesn't want to do the things that it seems like made his team successful in the past. Um, right. And I feel like as a as a neutral fan and somebody who's lived around uh, the Eagles and I, you know, I follow the Eagles because I'm in the area and I feel like it, it just it, it brings so many questions like why so what happened frustrating. to <laughs> yeah what happened to you know Corey Clement having 100 yards receiving and you know I know he's not the best but it's just there's so they they did so many different types of plays and it's like you have these two tight ends obviously got her hurt right now but you know you had all these great schemes and all this stuff and why why did you decide that you know, you're going to just fold and say, well, it's just injuries. We're doing what we can. You know, obviously that's, they have talent on their practice squad. Yeah. And and that's so once the Eagles won the Super Bowl, you know, Doug Peterson said, this is our new norm. And the new norm was being, you know, oh, yeah, we're going to deal with nine or ten injuries on the offense every single freaking year. Um, but anyway, I, I'm sure you didn't actually mean that, but um We'll see what he does on Sunday. I, I mean, I, I'm definitely excited for this game. Um, hopefully, it's a close game. Um, and I want to get your prediction uh, of the uh, Eagles-Ravens game. All right. So, I got a final score of 28-17. to 17. Um, Okay. I think it's going to be I mean, I think it's gonna be a lot closer than people think. Um, I think Miles Sanders does damage on the ground. Um, I, the only thing is, I hope for the Eagles' sake that you know, if he starts slow, they don't just abandon the run and throw the ball 60 times. You know, that they have to be disciplined with their game plan, stick to the script, because as the old saying goes, like, you've run to set up the pass. And I yeah. think that's going to be, you know, I think the Eagles have an opportunity to do that. I do think that the Ravens will capitalize on, you know, some sort of turnover. Um, Wink Martindale is probably the best defensive coordinator and it makes me sad to think about it because he's probably going to leave here soon and get his own head coaching job which he deserves but yeah I really think that this game's going to be closer than people think even down to you know it could be come down to a Justin Tucker Jay Gelly a field goal in the end um yeah, so- I just think that the Ravens or the the Eagles need to they need to go for those fourth and shorts you know they need to be aggressive because they are coming into a game where I think the Eagles were over a touchdown underdog for the first time and at home I think in like they said 15 years that's um, crazy yeah and I I think they they have a chance to cover the spread um that's one of my bets that I was thinking about and I really do think there's a good chance that the Eagles stay in the game I think it's going to go one way or the other to be honest either it's going to be a blowout or you guys will sneak up on us and surprise us because the Ravens are the team that sometimes looks past inferior opponents like yeah. the Browns. We, we lose the Browns at least once a year, you know, <laughs> they're good this year, obviously, but just in the past, it's just, they, they got to make sure that they don't just gloss over this game because the Eagles are one, three and one. Um, right. And, but I, I think it's going to be close. I really do. I think one, maybe one turnover is going to be the um, turning point in the game. Right. And so from my, my perspective and, so 28-17, um, Ravens win. So, I mean, the Ravens are honestly, they're they're probably, I would say they're probably the second best team in the AFC behind, well, well I mean, they're the Bills, but they just got smoked by the Titans. And, um, yeah, it's the Chiefs and the Ravens, I think. Um, anyway, you know, just l- looking at this game, there's, as I said uh, at the beginning of this, there's one 
area where the Eagles um, have the edge, that would be the defensive line. Um, so if the D-line can get to Lamar, I, I think it, it'll it be a pretty close game. But I think um, you guys have the best kicker potentially of all time with Justin Tucker. Um, and I think it's going to be a 27-24 loss for the Eagles. And I hate doing that, but um, on previous episodes, I've, I've said Eagles win by 7, Eagles win by 10, and it hasn't happened. So... Um, I'm going Ravens 27, Eagles 24. Justin Tucker hits like a 55-yarder to win the game. Oh, man. I don't know if my heart can handle that. That's a lot of pressure, even though it's Justin Tucker. When I've had a lot, I've been scarred over the years because of our bad kickers. Um, I will say, if the Eagles go out to a lead, they might have the game in hand because, you know, the Ravens' only thing against them is they don't play well from behind when Lamar has yeah. to throw. And I'm an honest fan. I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, Lamar's perfect. When he goes down and he the defense knows he's throwing the ball, there's no play actions that's going to work. There's no, you know, no running. Right. They're not going to, you know, not as much of a threat running the ball. He doesn't seem to play as well. He gets kind of jittery in the pocket. He doesn't set his feet. Um, he When he's playing from a lead, it's it's a lot easier for him because he can do the RPOs, he can do yeah. play action, um, and if the Ravens get behind at any point, they could they could lose this game by abandoning the run too early. Agreed, definitely. And then, uh, did you get a chance to look at any of the um, matchups for bets this week? Oh yeah, I got I got six of them for you that I like. So go for it. I like the Browns. I like the Browns uh, to cover the three and a half. Um, they're playing the Steelers. Uh, I think that it's an AFC North game. All the AFC North uh, teams play each other tight. Um, mm-hmm. I think the Browns are a lot better than the record tells us. I mean, they're four and one, obviously, but I think they're you know a lot better than people think. And I got the Panthers um, minus one. Mm-hmm. Pa- Teddy Bridgewater's balling. Nobody wants to talk He's, about it. He's he balling. Absolutely balling. And he doesn't even have Christian McCaffrey right now, which obviously is a big loss and, and Mike Davis came out of nowhere it's kind of carrying that squad right now along with Robbie Anderson um I got I got Jets or I'm sorry Bengals plus seven and a half um Joe, Joe Burrow is good we all know he is he's, yep. he's obviously he's the real deal um, I just they hope got he doesn't five, die yeah I, he, he's got five wide receivers that probably could play on other teams and I think that they have a good chance. I think that's I forgot I honestly didn't write down who they're playing, but I, I looked at it the, and I was like uh, Colts. Yeah. Yeah. So and the Colts defense is good, but Phillip Rivers looks like old Phillip Rivers. Um yeah. I got the Jets covering nine and a half. It's not a great matchup, but and it's the Jets, but nine and a half is a lot of points. Um yeah. I don't think that I mean they're bad, but like I said, nine and a half is a lot. Um I'll take that bet any day. Um, I got the I got the Bills plus four covering, and then I got the Rams minus three. Um, Bills are obviously going to bounce back. They they're a good team. Josh Allen's good, um, especially. I know that the reports came out that Lev might go there if they get uh, Lev yeah. in some world. So, I, I mean, so actually, I just got the notification: Levy and Bell to uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. I knew it. I yeah. called it. I tweeted out a gift last night saying. I can't wait until the Chiefs signed Le'Veon Bell because I knew it was going to happen. Anytime, any LaShawn McCoy, it was the same thing. He left and he was like, yo, Pat, I'm going to come join you. And once I saw that they were following each other on Twitter, I was like, it's a wrap. That's, yeah. I, it just, it scares me even more. 
the only thing I can hope for is that they overuse him and try to use him too much and it, and it ends up blowing up in their face. Gotcha. Gotcha. Awesome. Yeah. And, and I, I haven't really gotten the chance to fully look at the, uh, you know, the different matchups this week, but just taking a look right now, I, I do like the Cowboys plus one and a half. I, I think, I don't think Andy Dalton's that bad, honestly. I got a bold, I got a bold prediction for you. Go Andy for Dalton balls out. They don't yeah. sign Dak. They sign Andy Dalton. They say, you know why? Yeah, they sign Andy they can, for twenty mil. They, twenty mil for three years, or twenty-one mil for three years. You know, give him a give him a short deal. Give him something. He's not going to get Ryan Tannehill money, but I can see him being the twenty twenty version of Ryan Tannehill coming in off the bench, carrying the team. Uh, he, they've got a good run game. They have crazy wide receivers. He was never a bad quarterback. He brought he brought the Bengals to the playoffs for the first time in fifteen years at that point in his rookie season. Yeah. They they made the playoffs four years in a row under him. I think he kind of got, you know, he got screwed over in Cincy. I'm a fan. Yeah. I think he's going to crush it. Yeah, I yeah. So so I do like the Cowboys plus one and a half. I like the Packers minus one against uh, Tampa Bay. I think Aaron Rodgers is just playing at an unreal level. And then uh, oh, he's he's crazy. He's he's doing what insane. Peyton did when when he uh, first went to the Broncos. You know, he's he's got a chip on his shoulder, and there's one of two ways you go about it. Either you let you let the whole Jordan Love being picked in the first round, you know, creep around in your head, or you show them why Jordan Love is sitting on the bench. And that's exactly what he's doing. And it's been without Devontae Adams. Keep that in mind, too. Which is wild. And my last pick, Eagles plus seven and a half. I think it's going to be a close game. Like I said, e- Eagles might lose, but they'll lose by three. So. Oh, I, I absolutely think that that, when I looked at that spread, I didn't agree with it at all. I definitely yeah. think it's going to be closer. And, I would definitely throw throw the money on that game as well. And and just for a little side prop, Mark Andrews has scored two touchdowns. Don't oh, what's the uh, what's the odds on that one? Um, typically, when when they have plus two touchdowns, it's like plus I think like seven hundred or some shit like that. So. Oh yeah, that's that's yeah. an easy hundred dollar bet right there. Right there you go, Calvin. I appreciate you hopping on. Um, where where can people find you on Twitter and Instagram? Yeah, man, it's it's been fun. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah. You can find me on Twitter at i underscore seawood. Um, that's ma- my main social media. Um, you can you can find my links in there. Um, I tweet about stupid bullshit and uh, Ravens. Awesome, awesome. Well, Calvin, I appreciate it, and uh, good luck on Sunday. And all right, uh, brother, you too. And we'll talk soon. All right. All right, be easy, man. All right, see you.